Join the big show Friday from 2 to 6 at the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway in Orem. Prices so low, it'll blow your mind. Joe Ingles coming up in a few minutes. Talk with him about the restart of the NBA, 10.30 today, conference call. Should get all the details. Sarah Todd, writing for the Deseret News, has a little bit, well, has a big story about the thing uh, rebooting, but has a little bit about the... uh, playoffs and and how they'll be tweaked. She writes this, PK, following the regular season games, if the ninth seed in either conference is four or fewer games behind the eighth seed, there'll be a play-in tournament decided by double elimination for the eighth seed and single elimination for the ninth seed. So, the Jazz, who are uh, well in front of the eighth seed, uh, aren't going to be a part of that, but we might have a little... Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? You didn't listen to Locke yesterday on the afternoon show. I did not. He, he had them being possibly dropping down to a 14 seed. No. It's not going to You're going to ask him that about tomorrow because yeah. he had them. They're not dropping to a 14 seed in eight games. I mean, he made Lou Holtz look like uh, the most optimistic guy possible. Oh, for sure? Yeah. Yeah. No. Thought of you. All thought right, of well, the conversation that you two are going to have tomorrow. Yeah, I look you forward, would say that. Look forward to that. They're not dropping to 14. <laughs> well, unless I'm misquoting him, and it's possible that I could because I was surprised he was saying it, he had them dropping potentially. Not saying they would, but he said I could see a scenario, and I'm, I'm loosely quoting him. And if he's listening, and let, let me know if I'm wrong. But I, he wasn't saying this – a, B, or C is going to happen definitively. Who's saying the possibilities? So yeah, so you might want to back that up because the foremost authority on the Jazz is saying it's a possibility. Well, if they're going to play eight games and Memphis goes eight and zero, they'd be forty and thirty-three. The Jazz play eight games, they'd be forty-one and thirty-one. I don't think the Jazz are going to lose every game, nor do I think Memphis is going to win every game. I don't. Now, if he means they're going to have the word, the fourth, the thirteenth best record of the uh, teams in this eight-game span, if he's predicting there's going to be eight miserable games for the Jazz, we can discuss that. I don't see how they can fall. I mean, they're too far in front. They're like fourteen games in front of the Spurs. They're not going to be behind the Spurs. I have to find out. I have to find out what I he misquoted was, him. Yeah, I'll have to find out what he was getting at. I mean, I think they're at a disadvantage without Bogdanovich. I mean, we can, we can sit here and say optimistically this could happen, that could happen, and it could all work out, which is true. I just think that the odds of that are very small. I do think the X factor going into this is there are going to be teams that are going to be more or less motivated, teams that can't recapture the rhythm and the mojo, and we thought they were pretty good, and maybe they were legitimately pretty good, and they're going to come back and they're going to fall flat. That's going to happen to somebody, I would think. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see how this is going to play out because it has some, what's the word, is intriguement a word? I don't even know if it is. Intrigue. Because it's just intrigue. it has more than normal. Under the situation, if, if they had continued playing and Bogdanovich had hurt his wrist to the point where he needed to get surgery and was done for the season, somehow I think it would be more of a disadvantage than it is now because of the stuff that you just said with this layoff. This layoff throws a whole other layer of unknown into it that we obviously we have no idea how it's going to play out. So I think that the Bogdanovich injury right now, it's not exclusively 
but to a degree it's a disadvantage on paper will it be an actual disadvantage out on the floor well in my mind that remains to be seen obviously i'd rather have the player back and available than not but would it be a disadvantage as far as what they could potentially achieve in this postseason i'm not so sure i'm not going to guarantee that it is a an automatic disadvantage because what were they going to achieve were they going to achieve a title with bogdanovich probably not could they win a series with bogdanovich yes could they win a series without bogdanovich yes i think they possibly could and there's a bunch of unknowns as to why i say that which adds in the intrigue of how i want to see it and when when it comes to pass why i want to see it because i'm not ruling them out completely just because they've lost a very good player no doubt because of all this other stuff plus i think they have players who are capable of picking up a slack here and there to a degree. You're not, you'd be better off with them, no doubt, but I'm not going to bury them just because they've lost them. Right. There's two huge X factors. One, the Jazz are taking a hit losing Bogdanovich, and two, somebody's going to take a hit because they're just not going to get it back after three months off. And, and while you were talking, I also figured out what David Locke was talking about, and now I agree with him. What he was talking about, I assumed he meant in the West – I'll bet he was talking about oh, yeah, if right. they go with the 1 through 16 format. Oh, yeah, I should have said that. That's a, Yes, I agree with that. Because that is, now i got to do math on the radio, and that's always a problem. But it looks like their ballpark, I think they're two and a half games out of falling to 13th out of the 16 playoff teams. Well, that could happen. Two and a half games, I don't think it will, because I think one of these teams below them will have a really bad stretch and won't be able to make up ground on the Jazz. But it certainly could happen. Could they drop three games? in ju- Playing eight games, could they drop three? Yes, any of these teams can. Now, I don't think it will, but certainly mathematically it could. But I think some of these other teams, somebody else is going to go two and six and not be able to catch the Jazz. But to his point, if they use the one through 16 seeding, uh, as they sit right now, the Jazz would be... Uh, what are they, one, two, three, seven in the seven ten series, I think it is? Yeah, I think they'd be seven. But the seventh seed to the 13th seed is only two and a half games. So that's, that's not much at all. Maybe it's, three, yeah, maybe it's three to Philly. It is the one to 16. Okay, yeah. that I can buy. I, I could buy that. Yeah, they could, they're seven to ten today, but eight games from now. Yeah, well, I they, said seed. There's no seed at 13th in the West. Doesn't, you're not well, they're seeing. taking 13 teams. I thought he was saying that they were going to fall all the way through the Western Conference standings. That's how I took it. But forget it, because that's not what he was getting at. Now I'm sure he's talking about the 1 through 16 playoffs. Yes, the Jazz currently are 7, but 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 are really stacked up there. So any of those teams that – and I, I, he may have already started comparing schedules. I haven't done that. Of you know. course he has. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So I, I can't possibly tell you, like, the Sixers are, uh, what, 39-26. and 26, So they're two and a half games behind the Jazz. I don't know who the Sixers are playing or what they're going to do with that. Neither do I. Right. And nor do you know, based on where you finish, uh, even if you do drop to 9, 10, or 11 from the seventh spot, if that were to happen to the Jazz, well, if you're 11, who's six? And is six somebody who used to be three who's also ice cold and not getting their mojo back? Or is six somebody who you know, just went six and two and is, 
is going to benefit from this. I mean, someone's going to get hurt by it, but that means somebody's going to benefit yeah, from it, too. Well, it, All to be figured out when we get to August and start watching these games. Yes, and, and so if you're 13th, then you have to play whomever, then you got to beat them four times. Yeah. Nothing changes. What you'll want to be is in the top three, because that'll be like another warm-up, tune-up thing. You can blow right through that. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We're all waiting for Joe Ingles. Let's do it. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe, and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Ah, there's a different tone to your voice. It's not good morning. There's progress being made. We don't have to beat the same old topics. I've had two coffees already. (laughs) Oh, nice. All right, that does it. Uh, So I'm curious now, because you told us earlier, you know, you're tired of the wait and you want to know if you're going to play or not. And now we know your wife is pregnant, so the timeline of when you're playing has been really important to you. And, you know, a while ago you didn't want to get into all of that with us, and we get that. But now... Who yeah. said I want to get in there now? No, now you're starting to get some <laughs> answers. Yeah, I, you know, there's still a bunch of personal life you don't need to discuss on the radio. But I think that now we're starting to hear about the plan, the dates, and the timeline. And I'm curious if this has resolved some of the issues in your mind or if it's created even more issues in your mind. Um, honestly, probably a little bit of both, to be honest, because I, I obviously had said what I said originally when I, I was on the podcast with, with Sam and had said it, at that point there was no way I'd be willing to play and then obviously at uh, that time that I said that they were, well as unknown as a lot of the stuff is still now with the virus um, there's a lot more kind of clarity to it and obviously being in the community in Utah and going to the supermarket a few times and, and kind of doing um, I wouldn't say like a, what we regularly kind of normal life, but um, you obviously realise what you can do to, to obviously be as smart as possible to, to, to not do it, to, to not catch it or, or bring it home. So um, the good part is obviously, like you said, the dates and the um, I guess the idea of us playing is starting to um, look like it's going to be happening, I guess. Um, I think there's a vote. I think it's today or tomorrow or something. There's a vote. I don't even know who's voting, but someone's voting, um, and I'm not voting. Um, so I don't know. I don't know who's voting for me to play or not. But um, it obviously looks like that kind of July-ish timeline, and um, so that that stuff obviously starts to kind of clear up, and you can, I guess, like pencil in where you're kind of going to be in a time frame. But then obviously. Um, the flip side for me, which makes it hard, is, is what you do with your family, um, being away from, from your family for potentially two, three, I don't know how, what the max date is, but it, potentially it's a, it's a lot of time. So 
um, that throws a, a spanner in the works of, of what happens. But um, obviously, if we go and play, I, I want to be there with my team and um, help our team win. So um, I've obviously got some stuff to figure out. And uh, like you said, now obviously we know when Renee's kind of due date and stuff is and that. And, um, so yeah, it's cleared up some stuff, but it's also opened up a new uh, a new book of some some uh, interesting things we've got to figure out time-wise. Well, you had said last week that you didn't think you would take your wife and family, so is that possibly going to change? Um, I don't think so. Um, I mean, we haven't got all, like, all the exact information on um, what it looks like in Orlando if it ends up happening. Um there's been talk of, of no family. There's been talk of family like later on in the tournament when when teams start to kind of leave and obviously space opens up. Um, but again, like, am I willing to risk Jacob's health or Renee being pregnant, her, her health, and, and obviously Miller as well? But with, with Jacob being a bit more compromised, um, absolutely not. So um, from that point of view, obviously I would much rather them stay and, and be safe and comfortable at home. Um, we've thought of the idea of, of maybe them going back to Australia for a little while, um, but the difficult part with Australia is, um, and to the smart-ass people that are going to write coronaviruses in Australia too, I do know that, I'm not silly. Um, you have to quarantine for, for two weeks in a hotel if you fly back to Australia, and obviously with a pregnant wife and two four-year-old, near four-year-olds, that's pretty hard to do. It's hard enough in a house to, to quarantine, never mind in a hotel. So you can apply for special exemptions to be able to go to your house and you have to obviously promise and guarantee you won't leave your house for the first two weeks, which obviously Renee would be more than happy to do. So we're, we're going to apply for that and see if uh, if we can get um, them potentially back to our house. And if we can, maybe they just go home for, for a little bit and I'll... I'll fly home as soon as we're done. But, um, yeah, like I said, it's it's thrown um, a few things in the works just for us to think about timelines and frames of where they're going to be and where I'm going to be. So do the players get a lot of information on, on what the plan is, or do you basically know what's in the media, or do you know a little more than us and you're just you know, keeping it to yourself? I mean, I'm sure there's some players that are getting all the information. I have no doubt about that, and I know there's – a little Australian over in Utah that's not getting much. <laughs> um, obviously, we, we like Chris and those guys are on the on the board or with the president or, or whatever his exact role is. I don't want to disrespect his role because it's extremely important, but um, I don't actually know what his official title is. Um, but he's very important, so obviously he he would know, and um, I'm sure there's other guys on that board and stuff that that would know a lot more information. But um, again, they're still obviously figuring out dates and um, the Players Association has been doing calls with, with every team. We've, we've had our call um, a few days ago. So you do get, you obviously get some information. That's why I know of kind of around about days or dates and stuff like that. But um, obviously it's not locked. No, no, nothing's locked in. So um, until I'm assuming like Woj or someone comes out and says it, then it's probably not true until, until Woj tweets it. So I was thinking about this being 
camped in Orlando for you, is this going to be like your Olympic experiences where you go to a particular city and you stay there, whatever, maybe four to six weeks, play games and go back and then play games again, that type of thing? Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, more or less, I guess. Um, obviously, we're, we're going to be in a, a campus or a hub or whatever they call it. Um, I don't know exactly what that looks like in terms of what we're allowed to do or not, if we're allowed to leave, if we're allowed to... Uh, I would assume it's um, reasonably strict on, on not leaving, and um, I think the NBA and the Players Association will do everything in their, their power to make it as... Um, I guess as comfortable as possible so that we don't want to leave, so that we're not risking ourselves and, and other players and, and other teams and stuff. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll kind of just go to the, the games. And, again, I'm assuming, like, no fans, probably a very limited few people in the arena, um, play the game and, yeah, go back to the hotel, which obviously all the other teams are going to be same. I think they, they said there's three or four of the hotels on the campus or whatever so we'd obviously be split between the hotels and um win or lose to someone and then probably sit next to him at dinner because that's the only <laughs> option we're gonna have <laughs> uh so have you have you been to disney world in orlando no i haven't been to disney world anywhere okay yeah i i haven't either but i think there's more than three or four hotels from what i've read <laughs> the disney well, this, the this disney folks a, in the this is the Disney World Sports Campus or whatever, though. It's not actually Disney World itself. I'm not going to be, like, riding on the Mickey Mouse ride <laughs> between games. Um, so it's a, I've never been. Someone someone said, or I read on Twitter, it might have even been Donovan or something, they used to play, like, the AAU tournaments there because mm-hmm. it's a bunch of courts and stuff like that. So there's obviously a, no, a number of hotels um, But, yeah, I'm not going to be, like, riding the Indiana Jones... <laughs> Roller coaster in between. I feel sick from that anyway. So, <laughs> are you glad that it's going to come back? I mean, I'm glad I get to do my job. Like, I I love playing. I love playing for the Jazz. It's um, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I've 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 loved my whole six years here and to be able to put on a jazz uniform and represent the state and, and the team and the owners and the fans and, and obviously, like, for me, Australia and stuff like that, I absolutely love playing. And um, it's been a really weird time not playing and not even being able to go to the facility. Um, it's been a, a weird, like, mini off-season and um, I think everyone will be... Obviously, there's going to be the guys that feel a different way, and, and I still have a, a bit of a weird feeling about it, but um, I don't want to be away from my, my family for two or three months or whatever whatever the time frame is and all that. But um, it's also uh, as as it is, like it is what it is, and I'm going to do my job and I want to do it well, and um, I'll be excited to, to if we get to that point and get to put the jersey back on and, and go out, run out there with my, my teammates, I, I'd love to go out and do it. So um, I don't want to get too excited about potentially playing if, if, in case it does. Because, like I said, we it's not definite yet. There's been dates thrown out and all that, but they haven't actually... Until they actually say we're playing, it's um, you're kind of in the same mindset of just doing what we have to do every day and 
waiting for, for some answers. And then, yeah, once we get that, that go-ahead, I'll be really excited to get back out there. So what's the fewest number of people you've played in front of? How odd is this going to be as it kind of sinks in? <laughs> it's going to be bizarre. Um, I mean, I, I played in, even playing in Granada my first year in Europe was a very small team in a very small city. And I don't even know what the stadium held, but it always felt reasonably quiet in there um, in terms of fan, like there wasn't that much fans. So even if they make noise, it's... Um, but even that was still felt like a few thousand, three or four thousand or something. That it was just a, a big arena that was wasn't really filled. Um, I, I mean, I've I've played in games at World uh, World Cups and, and Olympics where you play against a, a very small country that's that's not as good as what a lot of other teams are, and there's obviously people aren't buying two, three hundred dollar tickets, whatever they are, to go and watch. So. Um, but even then, we have like a few hundred Australian fans that come and scream their heads off. So this will be the—I mean, probably since like high school or something. This will be the least I've probably played in, in front of. But um, yeah, it's going to be—I mean, it's going to be really bizarre. It's the whole for me. The whole thing is is going to be really weird. Just having having this long a break, and then obviously at some point. We're going to get told we're either playing or not, and obviously if we are playing, then you've got to kind of flip your mindset into like you've got to get going, like you've got to get your body right and make sure you're ready to go. And, and obviously, um, I think it was last week or the week before we were talking about injury-wise. There's, there's been other sports start up that have have been hit pretty hard with with some injuries. Um, the AFL in Australia, which is our biggest sport, I think they're starting next Thursday, so it'll be interesting to see. Injury-wise, what what those guys kind of go through because that's a, a lot of running over a long like a long distance as well, and um, it's just a it's just a really bizarre time uh, at the moment. Yeah, that's interesting when you say get your body ready because you've been doing this for so many years and you do it with the clock as you whirl into August and September and then you're ready to go yep. by October and that's a pattern. How do you how do you think this is going to be that much different because you're not going to have that. You're not going to ease into it in this, in, in that respect because you're going to really just jump right into it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think and a few of the, the calls or, or feedback and stuff we got is Chris and those guys from our point of view are, are fighting for enough time to make sure we have enough time to get our, our bodies right because we can't and, and the fans don't want that either. if I if I went and we started the playoffs next week it's just not it's not going to be good basketball either so um, obviously finding that right uh, time frame of, of giving us however many weeks it is to, to get right and, and, and feel ready to play and like you said I mean for for a lot of us, for our whole lives and careers, it's I'll finish the season with the Jazz, and I know I've got three weeks off, and then I have to get back into it because I'm going to start with the national team, and then you finish with the national team, and you've got two weeks to come back to get back to Utah, and then you start in a week once you get back. There's always a time frame behind something, and um, that's why this has been so hard because we've been sitting, kind of waiting to to, to be given a date. Like if they they say we're playing on July 15, then at least we've got a date to, to, to look at. Um, so, and that's not me saying I know we're playing July 15 because I have no idea. Um, 
but once you, once you get given a day, and and like I said, a lot of us have have lived off have lived off kind of people telling us what to do and where to be at a certain time. We get a schedule, and that's what we um, that's what we live by. So uh, yeah, it'll be it's been a really weird time, and, and like I said, once we get that that date of, of if we're going to play or not, then uh, we'll uh, we'll be able to move forward. So individual voluntary workouts have been okayed, and I get that not everybody wants to go into you know different teams' facilities. It's different for de- different teams across the league. From yourself to talking to your teammates to maybe talking to people you know around the league, do guys feel like they're in better shape than they were a couple weeks ago, or is this just kind of words and the whole ramping up thing hasn't started yet? Um, I mean, I don't know... Everybody's like some of the facilities have been open for for a while. I think uh-huh. um, not not a long, long time, but like a, a fair amount of time. So um, I don't know when ours officially opened, but I didn't come for the first bit of it, as um, I was very uh, open with, and um, I'm actually parked right here now in front of the door, um, which is being jacked open, so I don't have to touch it, which is so nice of them. Um, but no, you, I mean, I've I've felt better as the, the weeks have gone on. I at the start of it, you like when we first got back from OKC basketball and and working out was the furthest thing from my mind I could think of. So um, had a bit of time off, and then you kind of slowly get back into it, which obviously takes a bit of time. And uh, and now um, this is my second week of coming into the facility. Um, I started coming last week, and then. Yeah, just getting up and down the court a bit and, and being able to run on, on the floor and obviously a very familiar place to me. Um, I've, I've felt better and better every time. I've, I keep waking up expecting to be really sore and, and tired, but I've, I've felt really good. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be ready to go if, if we do end up playing, um, as will, will a lot of guys, I think. So you're going to obviously not have Bogdanovich. Expectations are going to be low. Is that going to maybe increase fun and maybe you can have an opportunity to surprise people? I don't know whose expectations are low, but um, for us, nothing nothing changes. Obviously, Boyan's been a huge part of, of our, our success to, to date, um, and we'll obviously miss him, but... Um, I mean, the story of my our life at the Jazz since I've been here has, has been injuries, unfortunately, and um, we've had a fair amount, really. Um, just little little things at little times. We've obviously had guys miss miss at different times, and the the mentality the whole time has has been that next man up, and you just um, it's not on on one person to go out there and, and average twenty and, and play all of Boyan's minutes and shoot all his shots and, and do what he does to, to help our team. But we've, we've got to obviously spread out that load and um, everyone, everyone takes a bit of responsibility from it. So uh, I think we talked about it last week or the week before. We One of you asked if it would be harder to play without Boyan or harder just coming back to play. And I think coming back to just play is, is a lot harder than figuring out how to, how to not play with, with a player because we've still got however many, nine of our ten rotation players or whatever playing, um, and we all just pick up the load from Boyan, and hopefully we can do that well and, and obviously kind of keep rolling like we were before this uh, this whole thing kind of shut down. 
All right, well, you got to get into your uh, workout, so we will let you go, Joe. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next week, and Woj will have provided us all more clarity by then. <laughs> Isn't it sad that we just have to wait for Woj? <laughs> as much as I, I love Woj, but it's sad that we have to wait for him. He did tweet out October 12 for Game 7 of the NBA Finals, so there's that. Well, that'll be after my birthday. I'll be so we'll talk to you on the 13th. <laughs> no, we'll talk to you on the 13th after you win it all. Trust me. If we win it all, you do not want – I'm not talking to anybody because I'll be in the worst shape possible. <laughs> so I'll be uh, celebrating extremely hard if that happens. Okay. All right, Joe. Thanks. I'll talk to you on the 14th then. Yeah, right after he recovers. Yeah, give, give me a few days to, uh, to catch up on some sleep. All right. Thanks, Joe. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Appreciate it. All right, there's Joe. Prepare the IVs for the 13th and the 14th as Joe recovers. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions. Backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. All right, Bowler's going to join us coming up. He's about a half hour away. Stay with us. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. From NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com, Kurt Heelan. Finally, it seems like we have something concrete to talk about. July 31st, October 12th, 22 teams. It's a plan that puts together a lot of winners. It gives them as many people what they want as they could. Like the NBA players wanted regular season games. And they will be happy to tell you that it's to get their legs under them, and that's absolutely part of it. They get paid for the regular season. You know, They get bonuses for the playoffs. So they become winners. Uh, I think Adam Silver comes off. The owner, the broadcast partners get what they want, which is a lot of playoff games. I think, like I said, a lot of the elite players get with Guys like LeBron and Giannis Antetokounmpo and James Harden, these guys, like, if you're a really good team, there just aren't that many chances. And so you're like, you've got to take the chance while you got it. Hanson Scotty. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. PK. What? 15 players times 30 teams, 450 guys, and I realize that they're going to be including two-way players too, so that, and they're not going to have 30 teams, they're going to have 22. But still, you got hundreds of players, and then you realize they all have individual situations, and Joe's like, well, if I'm in Florida and my wife is pregnant and she goes into labor, she can't be home alone with two kids. Uh, it, starts getting, it starts getting complicated. Everybody's got their individual situation. That's Joe. And maybe for some people, you know, it's, it's pretty simple if you're, you know... A, a single guy in your first or second oh. year in the league, so that's easier. But uh, complicated restarting all of this, but we're going to hear about it later today. Yeah, well, let, let's not uh, act like uh, home alone. I mean, they got millions of dollars. They can hire help. <laughs> so Joe's talking about the fact that they have people helping. Yeah. <laughs> they live a different lifestyle than the rest of us. Let's. I'm not unsympathetic to their cause, and, and if and I were Joe. Obviously, I wouldn't want to be away for six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it is. I get that. But at the same time here, I, I, I don't think she's home alone with two kids and she's pregnant without any help. They certainly have the financial means to, you want somebody to take out the trash, you can hire somebody to take out the trash. It doesn't take away from their personal situation uh, by any stretch, but I, I don't think you can equate their lives to the average Joe who works eight to five, as Jerry Sloan would say. So 
they do have certain advantages, but it is difficult. I was more excited about what he said when I asked him about, you know, hey, you're going to be counted out. Well, I don't know who has uh, who low has expectations counted, uh, Low expectations, yeah. right. Yeah. That's what I want to hear. I think players and people love that. They love to be counted out and to prove folks wrong. That's what I'm saying, that with Bogdanovich out, I'm not ruling them out. Because who's to say? Because it's a condensed thing. And maybe over a long term is where injuries can really bother you and really hamper you. But in the short term, maybe they could surprise. Because this is what this thing is going to be about here. It's going to be the short term for them because it's going to be a condensed period right and they're going to go quickly into the postseason because the season ended on what march 11th or was suspended on march 11th well we still had almost a month to go if not a month before the end of the regular season and then the playoff right so the playoffs wouldn't have started for another five weeks well here it's not going to be that from the time they start I, I, don't, I don't know what the time frame is going to be, but I don't think it's going to be five weeks. So they start on July 31st. I don't think that it's going to be five weeks before the playoffs start, right? So it's a condensed period of time. So maybe they could withstand it better. Now, what I mean by that is it's not like with Bogdanovich, I would pick them to go to the finals in this format that they have. So... They had a certain level of what they could achieve with him. Without him, I'm not going to rule out that they could still achieve that level, which didn't include going to the final. You see what I'm saying there? Yeah, I do. Um, I mean, there, there's just a huge X factor in here that no matter how good you thought a team was, they may not be that good when they come back off of three months. And someone can benefit from that. I don't know how long you can benefit from it. Can a team come back much better than they were? Maybe if a team was really struggling with injuries and now they're healthy. But are teams going to outperform yeah. their, their, uh, their potential by more than a round? Maybe two? I mean, you know, the, in the lockout season in 99, it's the all-time example, right? The eighth-seeded Knicks got to the final. So they, they outperformed by three playoff series. But in mo- most of the time, if you pull an upset in the playoffs and you beat a, se- a team that's got a better seed than you, then you lose the next round. It's very rare to pull off two. It happens, but it's really rare. If the eight upsets yeah, the one, you. then they go out to the four or five. If the six upsets the three, then they lose to the two. You know, so this now this could be a little bit more of a scramble. You're not going to have the home court. You're not going to have game sevens on the road in front of crazy crowds. Um, so, so there's a chance for a little little. Uh, there's a chance for more upsets here, but potentially I, evens it out to a degree. But I expect at the end, the teams that had the talent that had the spectacular records are going to be the teams we see deep in the playoffs now. Uh, injuries being equal. Yeah, I mean, obviously injuries can be the great unequalizer yeah. and can destroy or benefit, depending but on if you're the if, beneficiary of the team, other team being injured or whatnot. Sure, if yeah, the, I would buy that. If an injury flattens the Bucks, and it could, I expect the Raptors or Celtics to, to step into that place. I don't expect the Nets to. You know what, I think here's a team. Here, If I had to pick one team, what does all this mean? I don't think there was anybody in the league who was more, who had their record driven more by the home road scenario than the Sixers. 29 and 2 at home. 
but a horrific 10-24 and 24 on the road. I mean, the Knicks are 10-23. and 23. Now, we think the Knicks are a joke and a mess, and the Sixers are actually a half-game worse on the road. They were a horrific road team, and 29-2 is the best home record in the league, and now they lose both those things. When they go to Orlando, what does that mean? What does a neutral court mean for the Sixers? They don't get the benefit of the home. They don't have this horrific road record. I don't know what to make of them. Well, it is a road game, then, in that regard. Well, it isn't a hostile crowd, but it certainly isn't, uh, well, uh, I don't any think crowd. it's the crowd. I don't, I don't think it's the crowd. So it's what? They get on the road and it's the travel? It's uh, a few calls going against them? Uh, they're not mature enough. Uh, I think that it's harder to shoot at home, and Ben Simmons can't even shoot at home. Yeah, right. I mean, it's harder to shoot on the road. Yeah. So he can't even shoot at home, so, so it's going to be that much harder to shoot on the road. So in that degree, they aren't, they aren't friendly rims, so they're, they're road rims for everybody all the time. The shooting background is going to be unusual for everybody yeah, all the time. For, for, and I view it, just sticking with the example of the Sixers since you brought it up, I view it more as perpetual road game as opposed to home. But at the same time, everybody you're playing is a perpetual road game. Yeah. And I think over the course of term, whatever that term might be, talent wins out. I don't think the Sixers have the talent right. to be able to get to that highest level. Not right now, maybe down the line. And Embiid, who knows with him, because he's a great player, but he's in and out and yeah. You know, I, when I think of load management, for some reason, his is the first name that comes to mind. Oh, really? Uh, I, I, yeah. My first name is Ka- When you say load management, I think Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, yeah. Nah, yeah, but I think Kawhi Leonard was injury as opposed to load management. And, I mean, uh, to me, Embiid, but, I mean, it, whatever. I don't want to get bogged down in this. I just think of when – I, I, fir- I think for me, when I first heard of load management, it was directly related – to Embiid, so that's why I attach it to him. Uh, it's almost like the the Tommy John surgery. <laughs> he got it first, and it's become the Tommy John surgery. Well, and we know what that is, even if we don't know what it means. You know what I mean? So that's what that's what I do. But I think as far as the Jazz, I I still believe that the ceiling that they had with Bogdanovich can be achieved without. Bogdanovich and I'm excited for these guys I live off of that of people not believing in me and having the chip on the shoulder and I want to see these guys have it and go have some fun man talk about nothing to lose this is this should be a great opportunity you had the game taken away from you because of this crazy thing now you're going to get it back it looks like so go out there and, and have some fun to me that would be a great opportunity to just go play ball and you don't have to travel. And I you know, travel, I've traveled uh, as when I was working for the watchdog, and it travel, it does wear you down. Well, now you don't have that. You know, and you're not, you, there's a downside. You're not going to be able to go home and, and be with your kids for six or eight weeks, whatever it might be. And I don't discount that. That's going to be a long period of time for those folks and to, to be without people that they love and little people because whatever happens during that time, you don't get it back. It's just the way it is. Time, you, you can't retrace it. Never. It's there. You're not there. It's gone. And you move on to the next thing. And before you know it, it's a cliche, particularly when you have little kids because you can't really see it. But you hear it from old timers and tell you how fast it goes oh by. Oh, my gosh. It, 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 <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And it just, you want to tell me yeah. again, DJ? Uh, I can tell it you just, again. <laughs> it's just the way it is, man. And you'll see it. You'll see it for yourself. And then yak your younger siblings, because I think you're the oldest. They'll go through it, and you'll Correct. tell them. And it's just constantly passed down through generation to generation. I can remember uh, when we had a little thing when we became parents uh, for the first time, you know, older people, and, uh, make sure you're there, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. And you're in the middle of it, and you're changing diapers. This sucks, but, you know, it does go by, and you're not going to be there. So I don't discount that. I, I, I understand that completely. But as far as these guys getting together, go have some fun with it, man, and see what you can do. And that would be awesome if the Jazz, even if they won – one one round, which is hard to say, a little bit of a tongue twister. If they advanced one round into the second round, that'd be cool. And then who knows what happens there? I, I'm excited for their opportunity to show us what they can do. Well, I think yes, but if they win a round, that second round, they're going to be facing an awesome team. Whether they stick with the Western Conference uh, format yeah. the traditional, or they go one through sixteen, and without Bogdanovich, I just you know, I guess low expectations. That's there's some wiggle room there, depending on how high expectations you had originally, and then you can lower them, or are they really low? I, I, it's just with without Bogdanovich, although maybe with him too, but certainly without him, they'd have a chance to win a first playoff series, especially because you don't know how well the other team's going to be playing. And then in the second one, I would think that they would be a massive underdog at that point. I wouldn't have much Good. expectation. Make sure you tell is, Joe if that comes which to is, that. Well, no, I think I have to tell Rudy. He's the one who really feeds out. Although Joe might really feed off it, too. But, uh, I don't know that you're going to be able to tell Rudy. <laughs> I know, right? So you can tell Tweet it at him. you have access to Rudy, good for him, yeah. good for you. But the fact is you can tell Joe, and I just said it today. And you can see he got fired up about it just a little bit, and that's exactly what I wanted to hear when I asked that question. And he came through like I knew he would. And I'm excited for that. I, Go I, play some ball, man. I am fully expecting that the second-round opponent, if they hold with a traditional playoff scenario, which I think is – I think that's what I would do if I were in charge. I'm not. We'll see what they do. But that would mean Lakers or Clippers. And if they open it up, that means Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, Raptors, I don't know, maybe Celtics. You know, that's, that's a pretty high-level opponent right there. And to do it without a guy who's scoring 20 points a game, that seems like a, that seems like a tall order. So – if that's low expectations, then I got them. All right. Well, back in 1980 or 81, whatever it was, Lakers had to go into Philadelphia without the ultimate leading scorer in NBA history, yep. and they won the game. They did, and that surprised me. <laughs> I was I was thinking, well, that's going seven. Not me, man. I had the purple and gold on, and I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> well, good for you. You're a genius. I'm I just like Chick Hearn on that know. baby hook by no, Magic. That, that, I knew that, it was coming. That was, he was just t- like I thought. <laughs> you know, just like I told. <laughs> he drives into the paint just like I said he would. Hook shot. I can still hear that call. That was hilarious. That he had time in the middle of the play to talk about himself, just like I said he would. All right, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. 
Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Join the big show Friday from 2 to 6. They're at the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway in Orem. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. I just had Joe Ingles on. Craig Bolojack's coming up to talk jazz in about 10 minutes. PK, we were talking earlier in the show about uh, Drew Brees. His comments yesterday, a lot of backlash from teammates, from uh, current NFL players, from former NFL players. And he has apologized for them this morning. You said you saw a real good discussion on CNN, not the first place people go for a discussion on sports, but this is more than sports. But they had two former NFL players on, and Ben Watson impressed you. You ought to recap that for the people just joining the show. Yeah, I appreciated his take. You know, he played, obviously, with the Saints. Kid out of Georgia. I think he played Bulldogs down there and also Patriots, right? And was a pretty good tight end in his day. And he's was talking about Drew Brees' comments yesterday is before the apology. And, you know, that's the rage today. Everyone's talking about it. And, and then we're being lectured on it. And you know, I, I hate being lectured. Nobody likes to be lectured. I'm an idiot for every lecture I ever gave my kids. I regret every single one of them. No one likes it. And he wasn't lecturing. He was talking about his feelings on it and made me think. Uh, you know, in the end, he disagreed with Drew, but the way he presented it, uh, his feelings to why, and he said it with passion, but he didn't say it over the top, and it was something that those are the types of things that make me sit up a little straighter when I hear somebody speak, speak from the heart, and not lecturing me, but just telling me their feelings about it. And that's the way I'm going to learn and learn more than than I even thought that was possible because I hadn't thought of that yet. A lot of things that I know I have no answers. I have zero answers to any of this stuff. I can say that a million times over. If you're going to look for me for lectures and to tell you how to live your life and what to believe and what's right and what's wrong, you better turn the dial because you're not going to get it from me because I'm in no position to lecture anybody about anything. And that's the way I feel about it. And listening to Benjamin Watson just made me consider some other things that, that he was saying about this whole issue. And everybody has their opinions, and I guess you're entitled to them. And, uh, but if you want to have influence the way that Benjamin Watson went about it, at least for me as I was sitting there in front of my television last night, I, he had influence in it. And, and if you're, you're, you're trying to relate it to, and maybe you uh, probably didn't watch it, and you really haven't heard Benjamin Watson speak that much, think of Tony Dungy. I think a lot of us have heard Tony have heard Tony Dungy speak on a number of issues, and the more Tony Dungy speaks, I think the better off we all are. Well, it's a good analogy for me because I wasn't watching CNN last night, and I didn't see Ben Watson, and I certainly remember him as a player because he was a good player and he was on good teams. Right, and a good player right. on bad teams. I may not have seen you that much because those games get buried. Right. He's a good player on good teams. So I remember the player, but I haven't heard him speak. I certainly haven't heard him speak on social issues. Um, but if you're getting compared to Tony Dungy, then you're doing something right because uh, I think Tony. I thought so. Tony Dungy commands a lot of respect when he speaks. Right, and, and T- Tony Dungy is a go-to guy, not just on football, and obviously he won a Super Bowl and all that stuff, but more about the issues of the day, whatever those issues are. 
Tony Dungy, to me, I don't know that I could respect. I've never met him. But just listening to him speak on these issues seems like he has a lot of credibility. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Craig Bowlerjack is coming up next. The Jazz, the NBA, getting ready to restart the season. We'll talk with Bowler. Stay with us.